0: Hey there, and thanks for joining me as I show up to give you powerful, practical, quick, and kingdom tools for you to go out there and live your best life, to show up every day as the best, healthiest, fullest version of yourself, and to live a joyful, abundant, and destiny-filled life. You know, sometimes I might talk about things I've learned, being a wife, a mom, a sister, friend, pastor, mentor. A mentee, a human being. I might share a ridiculous story, and there are some ridiculous stories from my own journey, my successes, and the not so much. I might unpack practical tips and relationship tools. I might encourage you, challenge you, make you laugh, make you cry, and maybe some days it will be all of the above. (laughs) The point is, I'm really excited, and I hope you are too. So grab your coffee, sit down with me. Danielle Steinspring, and let's start living. (laughs) It's nice to see you, Mommy. Well, it's nice to see you today too, Everett. (laughs) I just see hearing music. Well, it's because the intro's already over. Come closer to the mic. I love you, Mommy. Oh, I love you, Everett. I can't hear any music still. Yeah, it's because you're done with the intro part. The music is over. Now it's just talking. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's so good to see you. <laughs> oh, Juliet, do you want to try? Yeah. Juliet's turn. Okay, Juliet's turn. Come here. Can I put this in here? your Sure. Talk to the mic, Juliet. Um, hi. <laughs> no, not that. Talk. Yes, hello. Oh, no. I do it. You guys are doing awesome. Can I do this part? Yeah. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Everett. Nice to see you. It's nice to see you. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh yeah? yeah. <laughs> All right. Say bye-bye. bye Bye-bye. No. No. Turn it off now. Well, I hope you found that as enjoyable and adorable as I did. Though probably not because they are my kids. So I think they're pretty awesome. But I actually captured that um, little interaction between myself and my son Everett and my daughter Juliet several weeks ago when I was working on some other episodes and I knew, oh man, I got to save this and store it up because I know that I'm going to do another parenting um, episode and I'm going to save it. And I did. And sure enough, here we are for another episode where I'm going to unpack some parenting stuff. But Just like my emotional health episodes, where I used um, some of my parenting tools and some of my parenting stories to unpack how we healthily process our emotions, my hope is that it's going to be super relatable for non-parents as well. So, hopefully, you'll get something out of this episode if you are a parent that will help you. your parenting philosophy. And if you're not a parent, then I hope you find a nugget in here that you can maybe store away for the future or might actually help you in the way that you just interact with the adults in your life, not just the kids. So a couple of weeks ago, I saw a post on Instagram and it said something that really Spoke to me, and I I don't even really remember the post. To be honest, I don't remember who posted it, but it was something about parenting, and in that moment, I felt like the Lord started speaking to me about an idea in parenting that I actually think is really, really common, Uh, and I think most people parent this way, and he started challenging me on it. And so he just sort of dropped this idea with me. And just, does that ever happen to you where you just feel like the Lord dropped something in your lap and, and he gave me the space to kind of think about it and process it. And then a couple weeks later, um, one night I was laying in my room and and it just started coming up again. I started thinking about it and thinking about it and he was talking to me about it. And I just need to give you full disclosure. I do not have this figured out. I don't have I don't have this nailed down. This is something that is very much still in process with me and Jesus as he's talking to me about it. And what it is is the idea of parenting through superiority. I'm pausing for effect. (laughs) Um, But again, I think it can translate to how we interact with people in general. Um, But it's this idea that somehow, as the parent, my thoughts, my needs, my opinions, my emotions, my schedule, my desires are superior to that of my kids. And I started thinking about this idea of superiority. And recognizing that I I don't actually think that's the design. In fact, the times when I've had huge parenting successes are the times when I have lowered my own superiority to get on their level. I've lowered my level. I don't know how to say that. I've lowered my status to get on their level. Sometimes that looks as simple as me getting down on their actual physical level. Sometimes it looks like me getting on their emotional level. And I don't mean that I meet them in the middle of their emotional crisis <laughs> or that I lower my emotional state, but I actually allow myself to sort of get in their world a little bit and and speaking to them on their level. Does that make sense? So, he started talking to me about this and it just started making a lot of sense in my brain and clicking in my head, but I didn't really have any, any idea of it. I'd never heard of it before. So he started just unpacking with me the difference. And here we go. Here's the kicker. The difference between superiority and authority. Now I know Everett and Juliet are under my authority, but in no way am I meant to, be superior to them. I have to, as a mom, strip myself of any of my superiority so that I can truly minister to them the way that I believe Jesus designed for us to minister to everyone we come in contact with. In fact, when I started looking in the Word, and I unpacked this with some friends, and, and they started pointing out to me as well, like, this was how Jesus lived. He didn't live superior. He had all authority. What did that look like in his life? Well, how many examples do we have of him washing the feet of his disciples? He had all authority over them. And yet he carried not an ounce of superiority. He laid his life down, humbling himself and coming low and not behaving superiorly. Is that a word? Superiorly? Don't look it up. And <laughs> then I also think about the time when he was being baptized by John the Baptist, right? And John the Baptist basically says, no, 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 no. Let, let, let myself be baptized by you. Please don't let me baptize you. I want you to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, no, really, I need you. I need you to fulfill your role. In order for all righteousness to be fulfilled. Basically in that moment, still with all authority, he lowered himself with no superiority and actually submitted himself to the call and the anointing of John the Baptist in that moment. It had nothing to do with his superiority and everything to do with his authority and coming low and going humble. And in that moment, allowing John the Baptist to lead Jesus and so it just got me thinking how many times is my schedule more important and more superior to the needs of my children now here's not here's what I'm not talking about I'm not talking about okay it's we're in target and it's time to go home and now we're having a meltdown in aisle 4 you know what, at that moment, their need to scream and melt down and really my need to shelter them and to pick them up and give them a safe place to melt down, which is not the aisle at Target, that need is going to be more important than their need to let the world know how angry they are about whatever's happening inside of them. And sometimes my need to parent them and discipline them is going to be more important than whatever need they're expressing. And yet, at the same time, my needs aren't actually more important than their needs. My schedule is not more important than their schedule. Just because I have lived more life, I have more wisdom. Let's just be clear. I recognize that I carry more authority, more wisdom, more life knowledge than my five-year-old and my two-year-old. But emotionally their emotional needs are just as important as my own. And their desire for how they want to spend their day is equally as important in their mind as my desire for how I want to spend my day is important in my mind. Their need to express themselves is as important as my need for space and time alone. I'm Taking my time when I'm saying these words because it's really kind of blowing my own mind even as I'm unpacking it. So I'm going to let you know one of my favorite, favorite, favorite resources for parenting is a book by Janet Lansbury called No Bad Kids. And so much of my parenting style came from uh, this book and also Loving Your Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk. I cannot recommend them enough for parents and especially um, Janet Lansbury's really kind of aims at the toddler years. um, And it's amazing. And this whole idea of recognizing that their emotions, they have to have a safe place to process that. So whenever Everett is angry with me, which happens often, he gets mad at me. We're not talking about a daily thing. We have an amazing relationship. But because so much of parenting a five-year-old is redirecting and discipline and all of those things, not punishment, by the way, discipline, that's a topic for another day. I'm doing a lot of redirecting, which comes with a lot of disappointment. Actually, no, you can't, you know, paint the wall or you can't use the scissors without my supervision or no, I'm, I'm not going to let you have four slices of cake it's those types of things. And so we have these emotional outbursts over that. And so instead of me shutting those things down, recognizing that right then his need to express how he feels is just as important as my need to express how I feel. And it's my responsibility not to eliminate the needs entirely, but to teach him how to express those needs in a healthy way. My job isn't to make him align himself to my schedule because my schedule is the utmost important. It's to teach him how to manage his own schedule. It's to teach him how to see what needs the most attention right now and what can wait. What is the most important thing right now and what can wait? And sometimes that means, okay, here's a perfect example. So Everett's um, preschool begins with 30 minutes of like center time before they come to the carpet for circle time. So if he is late for school, he's gonna miss, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes of that center time, which is their favorite because it's it's unstructured, I'm using air quotes, unstructured play. And if he misses that, he's really disappointed. So sometimes instead of me putting my need for him to be on time, my need for us to be on schedule above his need to have a sad moment with me in the kitchen or whatever. So sometimes let's say we're having a difficult time choosing our shoes for the morning and that might bring some emotional turmoil or some stress or some whatever. Maybe he doesn't want to wear these shoes and I need him to wear these shoes or or maybe um, it's turning into a, a battle to get him to stop doing the activity he's doing and get ready to walk out the door to go to school. Well, my need for him to be on time and for us to be on schedule, I can wield my superiority over his need to take his time and get us there on time by strong-handing and by using superiority. Or I can use my authority and tell him his choices. Here's your choices. You can keep doing the activity you're doing right now and you might miss some of center time or you can put down what you're doing and come with me and you'll be on time. And giving him that choice, he very well may make the choice to be late for class. And then 30 minutes later when we get there, he misses his buddies and he walks in and it's now circle time and he's missed all that play time. He's going to be disappointed. And that lesson of being late and missing his favorite part of school is gonna be a more powerful lesson than me strong-arming him to get him to school on time. Another way this can really show up with me as a mom, this was a really yucky, yucky revelation that I had. So I had this revelation as a mom that really bothered me when I realized that this was part of my motivator and it made me realize like, ew, I don't wanna behave like this anymore. I don't want this to be part of my belief system and I had to uproot it. Okay, are you ready? Ew! This is so embarrassing. So Everett went through a season where he was growling. <laughs> that sounds so ridiculous to say out loud. He did a lot of growling. There was about six months to a year. I mean, it was a long period of time where he was a dinosaur, and so it was his favorite thing to do whenever he saw one of his buddies was to make a loud, raw, you know, screaming teeth bearing. Like he wasn't an aggressive growler. He was a happy growler, but it was the way that he approached people. And the girls in his class especially did not appreciate this greeting and it really kind of freaked him out. And so he started having friends who would back away and not want to play with Everett. And when playtime came around and and now he's growling or screaming or, you know, making that loud noise, it was difficult because the kids weren't, some kids weren't enjoying that behavior. And so it came to me as a mom, this opportunity. What do I do in this scenario? Of course, we told him, hey, buddy, your friends don't like it when you growl at them. They want you to use your words. But I recognized in myself that there was this fear of him him not being accepted. And I had to go, okay, I need to teach him that growling at people is not a socially acceptable way to say hello, but he's going to outgrow that behavior. It's an age appropriate greeting for a three-year-old at the time, but I still need to guide him and teach him. However, it is 100% Everett's decision as a human being to say hello however whenever, and to whomever he would like. And if he chooses not to say hello to someone at a given moment, or if he chooses to growl at someone, even though I have coached him and told him that that is not okay, it actually is, it it should always be his decision how and who he speaks to. I had this scenario one time uh, within the past year where we were somewhere and there were some important people. I'm not going to give too many details, but there were some important people uh, in our realm and Everett went into shy mode. He doesn't do it often. He doesn't do it always, but sometimes he decides to get shy and he had decided that that was going to be a day where he wanted to be shy and he actually told me on the drive there. He said, mommy, I'm going to be shy today. And I said, okay, buddy, that's okay. And I could tell that when these adults, these important well-to-do decision makers, were trying to engage with my son, that there was some element of awkwardness on their part when he, at four years old, wasn't looking at them, making perfect eye contact, shaking their hand, answering their questions. They wanted to be impressed by my four-year-old. And I had already dealt with my own insecurity about how and when and who he talks to and letting that always be his choice, even from the young age of three years old. And now in this story, he's four. And thank goodness I had dealt with that because I had not one ounce of shame or embarrassment over my son's behavior. He's four and he doesn't have to perform for these people who obviously had this expectation to be impressed by him, this even this desire to be impressed doesn't that sound yucky when you say it out loud? And so instead of wielding my superiority and making him talk, making him perform, making him rise to the occasion, I allowed him to choose to be shy that day because he had already told me that was how he was feeling. And he gets to choose to be shy. And I, I, as a parent, have authority over him, but I'm not superior to him. And my thought about how he needs to present himself is no more important than his own. That's just one example of how many countless times I have wielded my needs, my emotions, my schedule, whatever I deem important above what my kids are saying is important in the moment. And as I started challenging myself to say, okay, I have authority, but I'm not superior to him. That his needs, his emotions, his thoughts, his opinions, his schedule, his desires for the day, his desires for whatever, all of that is just as important to Jesus as all of mine. A hundred percent. And when I started narrowing the gap of my superiority over my child and still recognizing my authority. But narrowing, when I started narrowing that gap, it just was an eye opener of how I communicate with my daughter, Julia, and my son, Everett, of how my expectations for them began to shift. My desires for them, the freedom that they have, it began to shift. Now, I still, I still discipline There are still consequences. None of that has really changed. What's changed has been my mindset in the way that I communicate, in the way that I parent. When I see one of my children having a meltdown, I get to see that as an appropriate need. Are they expressing it in appropriate ways? Maybe not. Sometimes a meltdown on the floor is appropriate for a two-year-old and sometimes it isn't. But I see that as a need that they're expressing, and it's my role to help coach them how to express it in a healthy way. And eliminating my superiority and even the language surrounding my superiority over them, eliminating that from, from our relationship has really been a game changer. And again, you guys, I am so much in process with this. So, so much in process still remembering, I am in charge. I am the mom. I have more wisdom. I have more years. I have uh, more self-control. I have the ability to regulate my emotions. I have authority, but I am not superior. If this is wrecking your brain as much as it, as it is mine, can you hop over to Instagram and leave me a comment? Um, even on Facebook, leave me a comment. Let's dialogue. Talk about this difference between authority and superiority and and those of you who aren't parents shoot me a comment I want to hear from you how are you how do you see this in your own life in the way that you interact with other people or how do you think this applies to our relationships with adults how can we change our mindset from one of superiority and how do you see that play out in your life that's all I have for you guys today, and I, I really have enjoyed talking about this, and and just so you know, there will probably be another episode as I continue the conversation with Holy Spirit and with Jesus and digging more and more and more into the Word and into what He's got for me, but so that you know, eliminating superiority language and just the mindset of superiority from the way that I parent has been a real game changer. And I would love to hear from you if this is blowing your mind as much as it's blowing mine, as I'm just unpacking it here with you today. Hope you guys have an awesome day and I will catch you next time on the Hey There podcast.